lack of empathy was just ridiculous. They were listening to what you're saying, but they just didn't want to know. Welcome to Sutton Wire, episode three, the podcast from Sutton Conservatives. I'm Councillor Neil Garrett, and the voice you just heard was Sandra Ackland, who lives in St Helier, part of the council's current parking consultation area. She found the council's strategy hard to get to grips with, so she set up a Facebook group, which now has thousands of members sharing information about what's going on. She's speaking to us later about the problems people are having, understanding what's going on, and suggestions that she has where she thinks that what the council's proposing isn't really going to work. Before that, how does this sound? Imagine Dragon's Den, but with pitches from local charities, and you're the dragon. Plus, you get a great evening out, hearty soup and bread, all for a fiver. That's the idea behind Sutton Soup, and I'll be speaking to Heather, who runs it, in just a moment. Another piece of news this week, the H1 bus, a new bus service that's opening from St Helier Hospital, running down to Epsom Hospital via Sutton Hospital, starting on Monday the 4th of March. It will just run Monday to Friday, roughly twice an hour. And now let's go and join Heather at Sutton Soup. So hello, Heather. Hello there. So we're here in St Nicholas Church in Sutton. It's a cold, rainy night in January and the place is packed. So what's going on? Well, uh, it's Sutton Soup, Neil. And uh, Sutton Soup is what we would call a crowdfunding event. So what we do is we invite people here for a meal of homemade soup and bread in exchange for £5. Um, we hear four pitches, a bit like Dragon's Den, from local charities who are looking for funding. Um, and then everyone votes for the pitch that they like best and the winner takes away all the money donated on the door on the night. So each £5 that are donated um, is given to the, the, the winning charity at the end of the night. And the people who come along, as well as hearing the pictures and getting a chance to vote, they also get some soup and bread. They do indeed, yeah. Tonight we had cream of fennel soup that was cooked by Peter Del Campo, the head chef at Blake's Hotel. It's quite excellent. Yes, I can't promise um, a chef that fancy <laughs> for next time, but um, we do always turn out a good meal. And so, so the five pounds that everyone pitches in all goes to the charities. So the yes, the soup is all sponsored for free, or where does um, that come yeah, from? Yeah, well, we fund our running costs um, and our catering costs with uh, sponsorship from local businesses. So Sainsbury's, Sutton Sainsbury's, um, pay for all the ingredients for the soup this time, and um, we have other local businesses who um, you know donate, and then we get to we cover our, our running costs through the money that they donate. So if any local businesses are interested in sponsoring, oh, yes, they can get in touch, can yeah, they? Yeah, they definitely can, yeah. And we always give them a mention and put them on our promotional material and promote them on our social media sites as well. So um, it's well worth looking at and putting something back into the community. Brilliant. Oh, and what about the charities? Are there, if there are any, anybody listening who's got a charity they think might be able to come and pitch? Um, yes, well, it's not just registered charities who can pitch. It's anyone who's got a good idea um, which benefits residents of the London Borough of Sutton in a charitable way. So it can't be for profit, but other than that, um, we want to hear about it. So say, for example, you wanted to um, do up the flower beds on your estate, you could come and pitch at Sutton Soup to get money for that. You don't have to be a registered or even a, an official body of any, of any kind. Um, you must apply to pitch via our website, which is www.suttonsoup.org.uk. There's a very simple form to fill in there. If you fill that in with your details, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. 
That sounds excellent. Let's, so on the night, people vote for the, 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 they hear the four pitches and they vote for the one they like the best. Yes. And that charity gets all of the money that was raised. Yeah, they tonight, take all the money. Tonight was £1,160. £1,160, yes. That was our, that's a record-breaking wow. amount for us, yeah. And then the other three, the unsuccessful charities, though, they still get quite a bit of benefit, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. They don't take away any money on the night, but they do get a lot of exposure, um, networking, new volunteers. I mean, we must have had, um, in total, about 200 people in the church tonight, and mm. they were all hanging Packed. on every word that these people were saying. Um, and they're all uh, people who are somewhat community-minded, so we do find that... Um, Almost every picture that we have benefits in some way from being at Sutton Soup. Fantastic. So if anybody has a charity they want to bring along, they can get in touch on the website you mentioned. Yes, please. I'll put a link on the, the episode notes as well so people can find it there. Oh, yes, please. And the next Sutton Soup, when is it? When is that happening? The next Sutton Soup is on Thursday the 25th of April. Um, the, the, what we prefer is for people to book their ticket via Eventbrite. You don't have to pay for it on Eventbrite, but if you just book it so that we know you're coming... Um, the event is on there as under Sutton Soup, or you can find a link again on the website. And it might be worth booking early because this tonight's event sold out. Yeah, tonight's event was sold out at the start of January. So yes, uh, please do book early. Book now. Come along. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I hope to see some people there. Thank you very much, Heather. Oh, thanks very see much, you. Neil. Bye. Bye bye. So two weeks ago on episode one, you'll remember that I was speaking to Councillor Tim Crowley about the proposals for new parking restrictions across the borough. Uh, this has generated quite a lot of uh, heat and anger among residents. And I'm joined now by Sandra Ackland, who's a resident on St. Helier, who set up a Facebook group because she found that she wasn't really getting anywhere trying to get some answers from the council. So hello, Sandra. Hi there. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome good, to Southern Wire. Thank you very much. The Facebook group that you set up, what's it called? Uh, it's called Control Parking Residence Forum. I started the Facebook group purely because I attended a couple of consultation meetings um, and I just really came away from there feeling that the residents just were not being listened to at mm. all. The first meeting that I went to, there was quite a lot of misinformation given, which was giving in, given into a crowded room and residents have gone away and still think to this day that these facts are facts. So what were some of the things that were, that were possibly well, wrong? Well, one then? of the main things was that one of the... Um, men that were presenting the meeting had clearly stated that it was 500 free visitor hours. Um, so we've all read on the um, Sutton Council website it was 50 free hours that you're given per household. Um, but during this particular meeting, we were advised it was 500 free hours. And he absolutely said that the council website was wrong and it was definitely 500 hours. And, and I think that probably influenced a lot of people yeah, to think, oh, this isn't you, too bad after Yeah, all. you could see in the room that people were literally looking at each other thinking, oh, actually, that's not actually that bad. And you can literally just see them switching off. Um, so they maybe decided not to yeah, submit a reply yeah, at all. At all, yeah, exactly. And also there was a lot of, there was a lot of anger in the room. Uh, a lot of people just weren't aware of this scheme. And if anybody, if anybody raised a concern... The, literally the lack of empathy was just ridiculous I mean they were listening to what you're saying but they just didn't want to know and they the residents some... were literally being shut down they were being ridiculed they were actually being quite, spoken to quite rudely awful, on occasion yeah. 
So that was um, that was my first experience, and because um, and so, some residents hadn't really heard about it, they hadn't. They seemed not to have had the letter that went out. Yeah, uh, lots and lots of people, and this has also become very very apparent, apparent from my Facebook group as well. But obviously, that's you know moving on a little bit further on from there. Yeah. So what was the um, next step you did then after you you had no joy at the council? Well, at yeah, that I, meeting? I came out of the first meeting absolutely shocked at my first experience of a meeting, and then I went to the last meeting at Overton Grange and came away feeling exactly the same mm. and um, I thought I have to do something has to be done it really has to be done so I emailed the council and said Look, I don't know how it I don't know how this all works but it's obvious lots and lots of people haven't had their questionnaires can I get hold of some so that I can hand deliver them to my local area I got an email back just say so they declined they declined um, to give me anything saying that um, the consultation was predominantly an online consultation and therefore there were no leaflets available to hand out so on the advice of somebody else I was advised to contact my local ward councillor which I was led to believe we've elected them so therefore they listen to us we certainly do try to help us um and i emailed her and obviously i was a bit of a bit of a shock because obviously i didn't realize what was going on and um she literally just sent me an email which basically said that she's amazed that i felt it necessary to contact her that all of the residents on the saint helier estate were for the plans and um just if i had any concerns just to put to, to answer the, to the consultation wow, and she didn't cool. offer any help at all she couldn't even be bothered to sign off her email to me so you um, decided to set up a facebook group yes many, i did many people interested at, in a at facebook that group? point i just thought that's it some i've got i'm on my own here i have to do something so yes i set up this facebook group on a saturday morning and um Yes, it's, it's proved a huge success, and we've um, in just over a month we've had we've now got 2,300 members. It's growing by the day. We've had 150 new members this weekend alone, wow. due to leaflet dropping the area. Um, we've had over 10,000 posts, comments, and reactions, and it's an extremely react active group. Definitely uh, something that everybody is concerned about. And so, so among the people on the group, are there particular things that people have brought up that, that seem to be common themes? Yeah, I mean, there, there are. I mean, there's, there's quite a few like, key issues that I'm seeing coming up time and time again. Uh, one of the very first, going back to the very, very beginning of the whole consultation, it's yeah. really getting, I'm really getting a feel that people didn't understand that the questionnaire was actually the start of a legal process. Mm. I got it myself. I did get my stage one and my stage two. I was lucky, although I yeah. didn't take it as seriously as I should have done. Because it just looked like but a sort of informal on my questionnaire, questionnaire yeah, from on the my council. Stage one questionnaire, it really did look like a nice, friendly, general questionnaire, when in reality, it really isn't. And I think it's, it's come up time and time again that people didn't actually realise that this is what they were answering It's the start for. of a legal process, yeah. but eventually yeah. you get fined 150 quid for parking outside your house. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's, so that's stage one, where, which yeah, was the beginning of the formal one. process, yeah. which actually just for people who are listening who aren't in St Helier, 
that stage one process is now starting in the south of the borough in sort of Kosh Alton beaches and Belmont and Sheem. Yeah. Um, so if you live in those bits, look out for something that looks, looks like, like a friendly questionnaire from yeah. the council yeah. and definitely pay attention. Yeah, exactly. So then, and then we get on to stage two, which is where the council is putting forward a proposal based on, supposedly based on what people said at the first stage. Mm. They then say, OK, this is what we're proposing in your area. Um, did that go more smoothly? No, there's still a lot of people saying they didn't receive stage two. A, a big chunk of my group have only heard about it because of my group and because of word of mouth. So the Facebook group yeah, and, Facebook and all group, the leaflets yeah, you've been delivering yeah, so they, they're not reacting over the because fence. of stage two survey come through the post. Mm. They're actually reacting to it from word of mouth and social media, not, not Sutton Council's social media, yeah. our social media. The, the one thing I found, I don't know whether you found this, I, I as a councillor, I look at lots of maps of things the council are proposing. And mm. I have to say, I found the maps that they produced quite tricky to understand. It's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare. I have had hundreds and hundreds of personal messages via Facebook from people that are begging for my help to understand their maps. I have spent hours and hours looking at map after map for people that cannot understand. They're very, very complicated. You can't do it from a mobile phone. You have to have mm. a laptop. Um, and this is the issue that we're having. Not everybody is computer literate. Um, we live on a working class estate, which is mainly yeah. still council owned. So we have a lot of people on on um, the working class type estates that English isn't their first language, so they're going they're going to struggle there. You have residents with learning difficulties. You have residents with dyslexia that can't read these things, or even if they wanted to put something in writing, they physically can't do it. Difficult to, to actually um, be yeah. part of the process. Yeah, definitely. And when you're making something that's predominantly online, you are literally cutting out huge sections of your borough and also screen. another thing is that a lot of the road names were misspelled oh, that doesn't a help. lot of road names were misspelled um if it had an apostrophe in it it sometimes it would come up with an apostrophe sometimes it would come up without oh an is this the business of where you go on the council website when you search your road and then name. you search for your road yeah, name and yeah. you have it's potluck whether yeah, they've spelt it the same exactly. way you spell it and let's for instance i'm just using my road name as an example you put in tewkesbury road and it would come up with nothing available and people would think, oh, well, my road's not included, so I don't have to do anything. Yeah. But if you literally just put in Tewkesbury, right. it would come up. So there was a lot of... People who just assume they're not yeah, affected. Yeah, exactly. And it's only because they thought of saying something on my Facebook group. that, Oh, well, it's really funny because I'm two roads away from you and I'm not affected. And it's only when they've private messaged me their road and I've looked for them and screenshot and yeah. they've actually seen they've got double yellow lines down their road that they've actually thought, oh my goodness, it's That's too late. I've, I've got I like thought. two days to do my, my consultation. And the, the other, I mean, thinking particularly about the kind of people on St Helier, you also have probably a lot more people with vans there than elsewhere. And there seems yeah. to be a particular issue with the way the council is dealing with vans. If it's, if it's, if you're a, say a self-employed tradesman and it's their own van, that seems to be That's different. Okay. But yeah. if you work for say British Gas or, you know, mm -hmm. some big, big company, Virgin Media, and you have their van that you park at your house. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's literally going to be a nightmare. And again, I've had so, to, to, so many messages so about the pro it. So the problem is, for people who, are, who aren't aware, is that the council are literally refusing, the, the new policy is that they won't let you have a permit 
for any amount of money you're willing to offer them mm. for a van that is not registered at that address. Right. So if you have a British Gas van, which is registered to British Gas mm. somewhere, mm. Uh, and you live in somewhere in Sutton, they just will not sell you a yeah. permit for your yeah. van. And I don't think they actually realise that. So St. Helier and, and Wandle Valley in particular, which are two of the key areas where they want to put in a, a huge CPZ scheme, there's a lot of tradesmen on this estate. Um, and a working class families where they're the only person working and these people rely on their working vans and it's a case of if you've got a British gas van okay you've got a, you've got a British gas worker that's out on emergency call out so the nearest depot where he could actually leave his van is Dartford so what would happen is he would have to have a car where he wouldn't necessarily have had a car before you will call out your emergency gas engineer if you've got if you've found found a gas leak, yeah. um, and your emergency gas engineer would have to drive to the depot in Dartford, sign his van out, drive all the way back to the borough to attend your emergency call out. Now, doesn't sound very efficient or speedy that. No, definitely no. not. And when you've got things like a major gas leak or you've got something where your toilets are blocked. You need someone there. That's a scenario where you don't want a big long wait for that. No, definitely not. I find it a bit disingenuous the way the councils approach that issue, actually, because what they're saying is that they think it's... But the council's argument is that they think that those companies should have a a depot, but the council's just been through this process called the local plan um, where they look at all the allocations of land across the borough. Mm. As far as I'm aware, they have not allocated any vast acreages for all of these depots that they say they think companies... Should want so even if let's say British Gas decided that they wanted to comply with what the council say they want to do and have all these depots, I don't know where it would be in Sutton. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's a bit of a silly argument that they're that they're I think it's, proposing. I think it's really, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to they're do. They're trying to push through these restrictions, but without actually coming up with a solution to how that's going to be solved. Another point you mentioned that people are bringing up, I noticed on your group about. If you look closely, if you eventually look closely at these maps, which are tricky to to get into, you notice, people have noticed in lots of roads that the amount of parking that will be left if they bring this in is actually a lot less than there is there now. So if this is supposed to make it easier to park, it's not really clear how it's going to do that. I think this this is really coming up in the the full-on CPZ areas, the ones where they want to put single yellows, double yellows, across every bit of curb space other than a, uh, other than the paid bay so what would happen at the moment in the in on particularly on St Helier estate for instance is where it's allowed where we can do it people park in front of their driveways um, and then this frees up the other spaces for people mm. that don't necessarily have a driveway and it works quite well um, and then what's going to happen is that they're going to be putting double yellows and singles across most driveways whereas yeah. you're you're going to take away the choice of where you can park and then all of us are going to be fitting or trying to fit into three bays and it's just it's just not going to work yeah. so then we're going to spill into the next road and then they're going to spill into the next road and then people who thought they were fine suddenly they're not fine because yeah. it all gets displaced exactly yeah. and the, the problem being as well is that you know the cost of le- living is so high at the moment that yeah. a lot of us have our grown up children with us so we're not only a two parent working family we are a 
four-person working family. You know, you've got your, your mum, your dad, your two kids that yep, have grown up. It's quite common. And we've yeah. all got our jobs in different directions. And we need our cars. We can't, just because you're going to put a yellow line outside our house does not mean we're going to be selling our cars. We still need our cars. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And so I think the, not, on the cost of living point, I think the other point that, that really strikes me is even in areas, for example, around Hackbridge, which is one of the areas being looked at in this first phase. I know there are mm. lots of people there who are really quite keen on this because mm. they, they suffer a lot of overflow parking from mm. the railway station. But what the council is doing there is using the fact that people would like to have a CPZ, but it doesn't have to cost 150, 200 pounds for a vehicle. And I think that's where the council is being a bit naughty in saying, well, you can have a, a parking zone and you can then, we'll restrict it just to you so you can have your road just for your, you know, you and your neighbours or the people who live there. Mm. But they could run that scheme. If the scheme is really for residents' interest, I don't know why that couldn't be 30 quid a car. This is another thing that's been touched upon on my group is that not everybody can afford new cars. Um, and I, I've personally leaflet dropped the majority of St. Helier Estate. And you can see that people can't afford new cars. We've got old cars. They're going to be in the higher Yeah, price the older cars, brackets. they're getting the higher. So, so you're already paying higher car tax for that. Yeah, and they're penalising the people that can ill afford to pay the extra. So anyone that can afford to buy one of these big flash electric cars that don't need petrol or diesel, they're getting away with paying practically nothing. Whereas the people that are really struggling, that are working, they're, they're carers, they're manual workers, they're working shift work. They're the ones that it, are going to be It, it feels very really strange suffering. priority. The people definitely, that they're going after. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, what do you, what does the public mood look like? Do you think, for, based on the two thousand well, I mean, people in you your know, group? The group, the group to begin with, started as just being an informative group, warning people that this scheme was out there, and look, you know, you've got to do something. You've got to do Encouraging something. Encouraging people Call to, to get, action, it, get their really. comments in on the consultation. Exactly. But within literally two weeks you can completely tell that it was an anti-CPZ page. And it's, it's it's literally gone organically into that. It's not been planned. That wasn't the plan to make it like that. But I think the feeling that I get from the group is that we feel lied to, we feel misled, we feel misinformed, and we're not being given the true reasons as to why this is. They're saying that it's for the good of the residents, but it clearly isn't. It's it's literally going to make people suffer on a day-to-day -day basis. We're all trying to get around doing our own daily lives and making parking a huge issue. We're all, we're all going to be sitting there waiting for the CPZ to end at 6.30 before we can yeah. all leave our cars and go in. It doesn't feel like it's for the benefit of residents, really. Definitely it's... not, definitely not. And I think the feeling is, is that it's a cost exercise. You can see how it's gone in different boroughs you can see how much money you can rake in you want a piece of the pie and we're going to have to pay for it and not only are we going to have to pay for it we're also going to have our lives made extremely difficult by you implementing it so if people uh want to get involved on your facebook group remind us again what the name of the group was it was yeah it's called control parking residence forum so just type that into facebook and it should come up and if they want, you have an email address as well? Yes, we do. We have an email address, which is cpzresidenceforum at hotmail.com.
Okay, I'll put those two in the links on the episode so people can, can pick those up. And there's also, your, I understand you're coming along to the council meeting where we're going to be discussing this yes. on Monday. Yes, we have some questions that we've um, already put in to be answered. Um, so that's... We're also advertising the fact on the Facebook page as well. So hopefully there'll be quite a large group of people there to actually listen. And that's on Monday the 28th. And it's at seven o'clock at Carshalton College. Although my guess is we probably the questions about this that, that you'll be asking, my guess is your questions might be about half past seven, quarter to eight. And the big debate could well be something like half past eight, nine o'clock, okay. something like that. So okay. if people if people can't get there for seven o'clock, don't worry, the meeting will go on. Probably until 10 o'clock would okay, be my guess. Great, I'll let them know. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sandra, no, for coming thank on. Thank you very much for listening. And thank good you. luck with getting the council to listen to your concerns. Thank you very much. Please do come along to the council meeting on Monday if you can. As the opposition group, we are proposing a motion to amend the parking strategy, which we think will deal with some of the issues that don't seem to be working, such as this ban on company vans and the emission charging, which particularly penalises older cars being parked on the road. And hopefully we can shift the focus a bit to solving the problems that people have in each area rather than imposing parking zones everywhere. And that's at Carshalton College, 7 o'clock on Monday. It's actually in the Pulse Sports Hall, if you're going along. And if you have a pitch for Sutton Soup, if you have a charity idea that you think might benefit from that money and you'd like to go there, definitely do get in touch with them. The links are in the episode notes. You can also email me at suttonwire at gmail.com with any feedback or requests for future shows. And finally, looking forward to next week, We'll be reviewing what happens at full council on Monday. Hopefully we will see some sensible changes to the policy. And looking further ahead, on the 6th of February is the Scrutiny Committee. And if you're interested in the council's contract with Veolia, bins and street cleaning and so on, this is probably one you might be interested in. Uh, there's a big focus on rubbish and bins in that Scrutiny Committee meeting. Each Scrutiny Committee has a Q&A session with one of the senior councillors who are running areas of policy at the council. And this time around, it's Councillor Abalan, who is in charge of the Veolia contract, among other things, in his um, patch. The Scrutiny Committee will also be looking at health, partly the Children and Adolescent Mental Health Service. And they'll also, the bosses of Epsom and St Helia Hospital will be there. And the committee will be quizzing them about what's going on with them. That's on Wednesday, the 6th of February. I'll put a link to the papers for that meeting in the show notes. Um, thank you very much. And I'll speak to you next week.